Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. So we have one more week in our study after this, but tonight we're actually going to look at the final letter Paul wrote, at least the last one we have. And it's called 2 Timothy. And like 1 Timothy, it was written to Timothy, a man who Paul had appointed to lead the church in Ephesus, a man who Paul had been close to for a long time. And he continued to view Timothy as kind of a spiritual son of sorts. He even starts the letter by saying, Timothy, my dear son. But um, he also was probably Paul's best friend, at least one of them. And so Paul was very warm in this letter. Uh, in this letter, you get, you get a lot of the kind of things that we've come to expect, commitment to the gospel, commitment to Jesus, preach it, you know, go and influence people for it, those sorts of things. But there's also a little bit of a difference um, here. Paul knows the end is near. He's old, he's tired, and he kind of realizes, I'm not going to be around for much longer. In 1 Timothy, he had told Timothy, I want you to stay there and get the job done. And in 2 Timothy, he says, I want you to get things in order, and then I just want you to come visit. Just come see me one more time. And the two things that Paul talks about in this letter, more so than others, the kind of things that your attention are drawn to are, first of all, suffering. And it's no surprise why Paul is probably back in prison. We don't know for sure exactly when 2 Timothy was written, probably somewhere in the mid to late 60s AD. And uh, Paul is back in Rome, back in prison, but it's not house arrest this time. He's in a prison called Mamertine. You could still go see it today. It's kind of an underground, uh, not quite a dungeon, but a little bit more like that. And it was a place where you went, not to stay there for a long time, but just to wait to hear your sentence so that you could then be punished in whatever way was appropriate. So Paul himself is suffering, and he knows that Timothy has done the same, and he knows that all the others who have been following Jesus in certain ways have had to face hardship. So he talks a lot about it in here. He also, though, talks about... uh, talks about the end. Not like the end of time, but he talks about the finish line. Throughout this letter, you get this sense that Paul is okay with the end being near because he likes the way he has spent his life. It's in this letter that he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me this crown of righteousness. And so Paul writes this letter to essentially say, I'm finishing well and I want you to do the same. And it's to Timothy who needs to hear this. It's to the 15 or so other people that he mentioned in the letter who need to hear this. And it's to me, and it's to you. So as we look at this final letter that Paul wrote, right before he died, lean in and listen as we talk about surrendering to the change by finishing what we've started. All right. How are you guys? Everybody doing okay? Yeah? Fourth graders, good to see you guys. Welcome. Uh, A lot of these guys over here already know me, but I'll introduce myself. I'm Patrick, and I've shown most of these guys this already, but one thing that's really good to know about me, we'll just get this out of the way, is that my finger 
looks like this. Okay? I just want you to know that. How many of you guys didn't know my, didn't, you guys knew this, right? Yep, yes, yes. This is what it looks like. And the reason I'm telling you right now, fourth graders, is because I like to talk with my hands. And what happens, especially with some of these guys over here a lot of times, is when I'm talking and I don't tell them about my finger, the whole time I'm talking, they're going, ah, what happened to his finger? So I'm just going to show you right now. Here we go. Everybody, just make it whatever noise you need to make. It's terrible. It's nasty. It's a gross finger. All right. You guys, I got a question for you. How many, just raise your hand. You don't have to say anything. How many of you guys are actually in a sport right now? Something that you play, some kind of sport that you play? Okay. I'll, okay, I'm going to do this on three. I want you to shout out the sport so I know it. But here's the deal. I only want you to shout the sport once and then quiet. All right? But I do, I want us all to hear the different sports that we have. So, Shout it once, and then we're quiet. You ready? Three, two, one. Okay. All right. Just once. Just once I heard soccer, basketball. I think I heard volleyball, football. Hold on. Football. Um, I feel like I heard somebody say water polo. That's weird. I didn't know that was a... That was a sport around here. But listen, I knew, I knew a lot of you guys played a lot of sports and you like sports. So I've got a story for you. Shh, shh. Listen, shh, you guys over here. Shh. Listen, I got a sports story for you that's like one of my favorite stories about sports that I've heard ever and I thought I'd share it with you. It's about a man named John Stephen Aquari. John Stephen Aquari. And let me tell you about this guy. John Stephen Aquari was actually from the country of Tanzania, which is located in the continent of Africa. And John Stephen Aquari in Tanzania was their country's fastest runner. And what he did was he did long distance running, which I don't know if you know this, but long distance running is like this, this sport where people have to run around this track for 42 kilometers which in miles is about, it's close to like 26 miles for us. And that's what, it's a race, this 26 so mile race that people are involved in. And John Stephen Aquari was a, was a runner in this. And check it out. The 1969 Olympics, or 68, I think is what it was, the 1968 Olympics came around. And he got to be the one to represent his country, Tanzania, in the Olympics. How many people in here, don't say anything, but just raise your hand, if you have ever dreamed of being in the Olympics for the United States? Yeah. It'd be amazing, right? It'd be, it'd be awesome. Well, here's the deal. John Stephen Aquari got that dream for his country in Tanzania. He got to represent them. And so, John Stephen Aquari got on an airplane in 1968, and he flew to Mexico City, because that's where the Olympic Games were going to be. And he trained, and he got ready, and he got out onto this track, and here he was with all of the other countries, all the other runners, and he gets down, and he's ready to race, and the gun goes off, and John Stephen Aquari takes off, runs as fast as he can, and he's keeping up with all the other people. 
And he's doing pretty good, you guys. At first, he does really good. He's running along with everybody else, and all these runners are running along. And some, one of them, we might go out into the front. Some of them are in the back. But most of the time, they're all like right beside each other, and they're just running as fast as they can. And here's what happens in this kind of race. They all can kind of get into a pack all together. And when that happens, they start bumping into each other. Sometimes they run into each other. Some of them start elbowing each other. And this is what happened while John Stephen Aquarius was in the middle of this pack of people. They start jostling him and he gets tripped up at the Olympics. And unfortunately for John Stephen Aquarius, he trips and falls. And the first thing he does is he hits his knee as hard as he can on the pavement. And the next thing he does is he goes down and he hits his shoulder. And so he's down there and he's laying on the ground and his shoulder is bleeding. But you know what's worse? Because he hit his knee on the ground, his knee got dislocated. So now he's sitting in the middle of the Olympic race and he's sitting there and he has no idea if he's going to be able to finish this race or not. He started the race but he doesn't know if he's going to be able to finish it because his knee is now dislocated from, it, from its socket and it's sitting there. Now, how many of you guys have ever been in that kind of situation? Now, I'm not talking about maybe not even sports. Maybe there was a sport that you did. But there are lots of things that come up in our lives, right, that we start and are really difficult for us to finish. Anybody have something that they've started and you got about halfway through and you're like, I don't know if I can finish this. Anybody? Raise your hand. I'd love to hear a story. Who can share a story of something they started but they weren't able to finish? You got something? No? I, only people that have their hands raised. Do you have something? Come up here. Come on. Come on. All right. I'll come down here to you. What, uh, what is it that you did that you started but you just couldn't finish? It wasn't exactly a sport. Okay, that's great. What, what was it? It's kind of boring, but... <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's not boring. Let's hear it. It was a bike ride. And, a bike uh, ride? Uh, we, we were going, and I hit a bump. I hit the curb, and I fell, and I scraped my face, and I couldn't finish it. You couldn't finish the ride, right? You started the ride, hit a curb. Anybody ever hit a curb on your bike? Yes, right? Anybody ever fallen on your face after you hit that curb? Yes. How many people after you've done that have been like, I don't know if I can keep riding anymore. Yes. Thank you so much. Perfect. So see, here's the thing, you guys. These situations come up in our life all the time. Now, here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about this one thing that I think all of us have in our life that is really difficult to finish. Because I bet it's this thing that every single one of us in this room that we've started But it would be a very difficult thing for us to finish. And that is trusting in God, our walk with God. How many people in here already, you believe that Jesus is God's son and you trust in him as your savior? Raise your hand. Yep, look at all the hands that are raised. You can put your hands down. You see, that's the start when we trust in him. But it can be very difficult to finish that, to continue to trust in God for the rest of your life. As a matter of fact, that's what God calls us to do, is to trust him and walk with him all the way till the day that we die. Now, that's a long race. And I call it a race because, you guys, in the book of Timothy, and we saw Michael, he already told us this, this is exactly the way that he talks about his 
walk of faith with God. Check it out. He says this. This is in 2 Timothy. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. So see, he's talking about, he's talking about his faith in God. And he calls it a race. He, and what Michael said was, Paul is at the end of his life. And so he's saying, I fought the good fight. I've run this long race. And I've kept the faith, my faith in God, my trust in God. But I don't know about you, and I love to hear that Paul did it, but for me, it is really difficult. Raise your hand in here if you have found, yes, your walk with God or even trusting in God with everything has already been a little bit difficult for you. That you're not even sure at times now if you can finish that, continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Put your hands down. Yes, exactly. And here's what happens in the book of 2 Timothy. Remember, we talked about this. This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. I think Paul gives us three really good things that can help us when we have a hard time trying to continue to keep our faith in God all the way to the end of our life. And here's the first thing. Here's the first thing. Everybody with me on three say number one. One, two, three. Number one. All right. Perfect. Here's the first thing. Paul says this in Timothy. He says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me the strength. And Paul's talking about him being persecuted in prison. And he says, in this time, I knew that the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through the message might be fully proclaimed to all the Gentiles that hear it. So here's number one. When you're having a hard time keeping faith, you have to remember this because this is what Paul remembered. You have to remember that God is always with you, all right? God is always with you. He's always with you, and he's the one that can give you the strength to continue to trust in him. God will do that. And Paul, we've already seen that Paul does that. That's the first thing. That's number one. So everybody, what is number one? It's to remember that I'm going to say God is always with me, and I want you to say that with me. Ready? Number one is God is always with me. You got it. Here's the second thing. Let me show you what he says in the second thing. He says, and he's talking to Timothy, he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of before, because you know from whom you learned it and how, how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which you are able to make wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Fifth graders, you guys remember this. We talked about this in Sunday A couple weeks ago, this next verse, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for good work. What I really want you guys to see, can we back up for just a minute? Right there in the middle, there's there's words that have two capital letters. It's an H and an S. You guys say it with me. The Holy Scriptures. That's what I want you to remember. That's the other thing to remember. When you're having a hard time trusting in God, the first thing you do is know that he's always with you and he gives you the strength to do it. The second thing to remember is that we have the Bible, the holy scriptures that God has given us so that when we have a hard time, we can open up our Bible and we can read it. And it helps show us things that God wants to tell us. It helps us see how God was faithful to other people and as they walked with him, they were able to make it through their entire life trusting in God. And most importantly, it just shows us that God is trustworthy. 
that he will always be with us during that time and always help us through those situations. So that's the second thing. So the first thing was what? God is what? Always, always with us. The second thing is to remember the what? By Holy Scriptures. Yeah, let's say that. Ready? Remember the? Holy Scriptures. You got it. You got it. Now, here's the third thing. The third thing. Let me read this. He says this also in 2 Timothy, you guys. This is in the second chapter. He says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Now, isn't that an interesting word, gospel? Can anybody tell me what the word gospel means? Does anybody know? You know what it means? Just shout it out to me. Just you, right here. It's what? It's, the, it's, it's something in the Bible. Does anybody know what? But the, the word gospel means something. Yeah, what, what is it? Good news. That's right. And who can tell me? I'll take it from over here. One person. Who can tell me what the good news that the gospel is talking about is? Right here. Just say it out loud. Right here. That Jesus came, right? What, Malik, what? Jesus Christ, right? That Jesus Christ came. And not only that, but check this out, you guys. Here's the gospel. Here's the good news. I'm going to say it really fast. Every single one of us in here, God created to be with him. That was the purpose that he gave every single one of us, was for us to always be with him. But we had sin in our lives, and that separated us from him. And then that meant that we were going to be separated from all eternity. So God sent Jesus Christ, his son, down on earth to die on the cross to remove our sins from our life so that we could be back with God the way he intended from the very beginning. That's the good news. And so here's what's really cool. When you, during these times when you're having a hard time, making it all the way to the end of the race, always trusting in God, it always helps me to remember what God did for me on the cross because, number one, I see that how much God loves me because if he was going to die on the cross for me, give up his life, I see the great love he has for me, and that helps me to keep running. But it also shows me this. You guys, listen. It shows me that I'm not running this race. I'm not trying to keep faith so that I can get a prize. I'm running because God has already given me the prize. I already get to be with him for all eternity. And that makes me want to keep running for him. That makes me want to keep trusting in him and, and walking along with him. It was kind of like that when I was little and I played uh, little league baseball. Yeah? How many people play little league baseball? Yeah? So here's the thing. Sometimes I liked playing. Sometimes I didn't. But it didn't matter if we won or lost our games when I played Little League Baseball. Every, every time, after every game, we all got a snow cone. Every time. We always got a snow cone. So in the games, for me, sometimes I didn't want to be there. And it was hard for me to keep playing. But I knew at the end, whether I did well or not, there was going to be a snow cone. And that made me keep playing. Same thing. I know, we all know that one day, all of us will get to be with God in heaven for all eternity. And that keeps us running. And that's what it means to remember the gospel. So, the first thing was to remember God is what? The second thing was to remember the what? 
We'll try it again. The Holy Spirit. You got it. And the last thing is to remember the gospel. All right, I'll try it again. Remember the gospel. You guys, if you can remember those three things in those times when you just don't know if you can finish the race, I promise you God will come and he'll help you finish that race. And you'll be able to do something that John Stephen Aquari was able to do. Because let me finish that story about John Stephen Aquari. See, he was sitting there on the ground, and he was trying to figure out if he was going to finish the race. And people were coming up to him, and they were like, hey, buddy, I think you're finished. I think you need to get done. And he said, no, go get me a, go get me a bandage and wrap my knee because I'm going to finish this race. And I want you to watch this video. Watch this. This is John Stephen Aquari. <laughs> This is the final award ceremony in track and field at the Mexico City Olympics. And to but three men go the rewards. And so for them, the long ordeal is over. But what about the others? For some, the reward is a personal one. The knowledge that they finished what they set out to do. A little over an hour after Mama Walde crosses the finish line, John Stephen Aquari of Tanzania approaches the stadium, the last man to complete the journey. A voice calls from within to go on, and so he goes on. Afterwards, it was written, Today we have seen a young African runner who symbolizes the finest in the human spirit. A performance that gives true dignity to sport. A performance that lifts sport out of the category of grown men playing at games. A performance that gives meaning to the word courage. All honor to John Stephen Aquari of Tanzania. Perhaps the words of John Stephen Aquari epitomize all that is right in the human spirit. When asked why he did not quit, he said simply, My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. See, we can... 
with God, finish the race just like Paul did. We can totally do it, you guys. But it's that we have to remember that he's with us. We have to stay in the Bible. And I love what they said at the end, what John Stephen Aquari says at the end. Did you guys pick up on that? When they asked him, why did you keep running? He said that my country didn't send me all this way to start the race. He said, my country sent me all this way to what? And I'll tell you this. Our God, our Father in heaven, didn't put himself on that cross and die for our sins just for us to start. He did it so that we would finish with him and live with him for all eternity. How many people would love to do that for all eternity? Absolutely. Let me say a prayer for us. Let me pray. Father God, we love you so much, and we thank you for the message that you've given us tonight. And thank you, Jesus, for the great sacrifice that you made for us, and help us to remember it and look at it, God, and let it be the thing that motivates us to continue to run faithfully towards you for the rest of our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.